0: Well, listen, as we uh, get started, our message, just a little bit of accountability. Um, If you were here last weekend, we talked about making sure we don't misuse God's name. And we said one of the ways we can avoid doing that is retrain ourselves. And so I challenge you, every time you misuse God's name, that you put some money in a jar. How many of you are doing that? Let me see your hands. Excellent, all right? Um, Do the rest of you, never, ever misuse God's name. That's just wonderful, all right? Or you don't want to change. But I know you want to change, all right? I have a jar, and I bet you'd like to know how much is in it, wouldn't you? we <laughs> will have to wait till June 12th and 13th when we all bring our jars, and we pour them out in a bucket, and we use that money to help out a school in the Philippines that's reaching Muslim kids, all right? So we, uh, we a Christian school, God's using there. So uh, don't forget, and you know, every time you drop something in there, all right, and it'll retrain you, it'll definitely cut down on your TV time, All right. And if you missed last weekend, you can get the CD out there, and that way you'll be able to catch up on what we were talking about at our resource center and get involved in this as well. All right. This is uh, May, obviously, and May is a busy month. It's a time for a lot of celebrations. I don't know if you noticed, but in May, you've got Mother's Day, Memorial Day, and then a lot of times you have graduations that are taking place as well. And uh, I, think, I think May's a tough month for moms who have children who are graduating, Because uh, there's a lot of things that go through their minds as they watch their son or daughter walk across the stage to get their diploma. Things like, you know, has the school done a good job getting them ready for college or career or their military service that they're entering into? We think about that, you know, were they prepared academically? I sure hope so. I hope they're going to do really well. But I think there's also something else that goes through mom's minds and hearts. I think there's a feeling of anxiety that kind of passes through them when they ask themselves, have I done everything that I can in order to prepare them to deal with life? In other words, are they graduating from my home with the essential things that are needed to help them meet the challenges that I know they are going to be facing and I know dads think about that too but moms I think in a a, a real way worry a lot about that because let's face it the greatest education our kids get is not in school it's in our homes that's where they really get prepared for life that's where they get really set up to deal with the challenges that are going to come their way and moms feel a tremendous burden and sense of responsibility in that arena So I want to help our moms, but I want to help all of us today, dads as well, single, married, does not matter, with a very important principle in the Ten Commandments where God speaks to us about how to raise our families. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. I think it's like page 54 in the Bible if you're using there in the chairs. But Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse 12. If you're suffering with allergies, then... I can relate to you this morning, all right? I'm suffering too, and uh, if I break into a cough or I need to sneeze or whatever, pardon me, please, all right? Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Let me read it for you first, then we'll read it together. God says to Israel, Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let's read it aloud together from the screen, please. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, here's the amazing thing. God is just offering one piece of direction to Israel and to the parents. Not five steps, not ten things, but one piece of direction. that he's saying, if you'll do, you will be very, very blessed as a nation and as a people. He's saying to parents, listen, you need to instill in the lives of your children a sense of respect, honor, and obedience towards you. It's a weighty matter. That's what the word honor means. It means to have weight or heaviness. God's saying this is so very important, so very serious... That you teach them to respect authority. That's your job. It's your responsibility. And it's not just about the parents. It's about God. It's not about my relationship to my kid as a dad or as a mom. It's about their relationship to God. It's about all of our relationships to God. So write down this thought with me, would you please? As parents, we need to teach our children why they should honor us. It's not ultimately about us, it's ultimately about God. Now, it would be nice if our kids came out of the chute, so to speak, already prepared and wired to do everything we ask. You know, their little hands are on their head, and they're like, yes, Daddy, yes, Mommy, whatever you say. But that does not happen, does it? Actually, their hands come out like this, all right? And they're already whining and crying and complaining because you're not attending to their needs fast enough, right? Alright? So, we as parents have to work at training our children to be respectful and obedient. And we need to tell them why. And too often times we do what my mom used to do to me and I hated it. She would just say, because I said so. Because I said so. Because I said so. You know what? We've got to help our kids understand why it's important for them to respect us and obey us. Respect and obey authority. Because it brings a benefit to them in their relationship with God himself. Now, Here's the deal. God's not calling us simply to tell our kids they need to respect and obey us. God's actually calling us as parents to model for our children what it means to respect and obey. So my kids, your kids, are watching us to see if our actions, what? Speak louder than our words. And if they don't, they brand us as hypocrites and they're not going to follow our example. So, for instance, How do you speak and treat your boss? How do you speak and treat those who have authority over you in government like the police or the firemen, firewomen or people in the highest offices of the land right up to the presidency? Do they see that you have respect? Do they see that you're willing to honor and obey? I'm I'm not saying we have to honor and obey when we're called to do unethical or immoral things. But generally speaking, are we willing to respect, honor, and obey those who are in authority over us? How do we speak and treat their teachers, their coaches, their deans, their principals? What's our attitude toward them? It's the only time I respect the authority in my life, and my children's life, when they're in agreement with me. If that's the case, what am I setting my kids up for? Because not, I'm not always going to agree with those who are in authority over me, but I still have to submit to them. Like, I mean, there's some places here in Naperville that I think the speed limit is way too low. It should be 50, not 35, <laughs> all right? But just because I disagree doesn't mean that I can drive as fast as I want. There are consequences to suffer for that. All through life, I may not always agree with authority, but I have to respect it and submit to it. You cannot ask your kids to do that, dad, mom, if you're unwilling to do it. For those of you who are single, who are not parents, let me say to you, you yourselves cannot learn to be submissive to God if you can't be submissive to earthly authorities in your life. So I've got to not only talk about it, I've got to actually model it and do it. And one of the things I want to teach my kids is that if I'll do this, if we'll do this, there's some great benefits. There's some wonderful benefits that come along the way. The first benefit mentioned here in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, it says, Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long life. Just jot that down. First benefit is a long life. Now this was a promise made to the nation of Israel. So God's talking to the whole nation And he's saying if you'll do this, if you'll learn to respect and submit to authority, your parents, to other authorities, you will have a long life as a group of citizens together. Now I happen to believe that that promise holds true for any nation who decides they're going to obey God. If you as a nation decide to obey God, you set yourself up for God's blessings. It's just going to happen. So think about this with me. The, the, the right kind of kid who's brought up properly to respect and submit authority makes the right kind of citizen. And the right kind of citizen brings or invokes the blessings of God on that nation because the nation's honoring God. A nation's might, a nation's strength, is never its military force. Please understand that. As, as much as I support a military, it's, a nation's strength is not its military force, but it is the character of its people. But it's the character of his people. How do, you, how do you get the right kind of character in your life? It all goes back to parenting, doesn't it? If I want to have the right character, then I need to be brought up the right way by my parents. God says I need to be brought up to respect and submit to authority, their authority, authority in general, and ultimately the authority of God. If I do that, if I bring my kids up that way, then, then the nation will be blessed. But it's also a personal promise. It's not just to the nation, it's to the individual. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that if you obey God's commands, you're going to live to be 100 years old. But God does have a a, uh, a mindset. God has already set the boundaries for your life. He knows how, how long he wants you to live. However, I am convinced as I... Read the scriptures, and as I look at the lives of people, there are many, many people who die way too young, and God never intended for them to die when they did. And as a result of not listening, and not obeying, and not respecting their parents' authority and other authorities in their life. This hit home to Marcia and I last year, when a young man who grew up with our youngest son, Tim... They were, they were just very good friends all through school, and even when we moved away, they stayed in contact with each other. He went out for a ride one day with a girl next to him, and uh, they decided to race another young man in a car next to them and lost control of the car while they were speeding down the, the, the road at a high rate of speed, and they were both instantly killed. And the shockwaves that that sent through that community and the church there where I used to pastor, and even into our hearts and lives, into and my son's heart and life. You know, I'm convinced that boy and that girl did not need to die that day, but they died because they didn't listen to those in authority over them. How many young men and women's lives? had been ended far too soon because they did not listen to the authorities in them. And I know we've got a block of our outstanding youth who are sitting here, and I we just say to you guys, listen, your future depends on your ability to listen and respect the authority that's over you, even when you don't necessarily agree or like it. I think about how many young people today, now adults, their lives have been severely affected by disobedience to their parents. They didn't listen to their parents about sexually transmitted disease, about alcohol, about drugs, about hanging around the wrong people. Girls get pregnant, guys go to prison, and and, uh, then there's drug addiction, alcoholism, and all kinds of problems with getting along with other people. All because we haven't learned to listen to authority over us. Save yourself a bunch of pain. Teach your kids to respect authority. Learn, kids, to submit to authority. Number three, it brings prosperity. It brings prosperity into our lives. As soon as I say prosperity, here's what happens. We think in material terms. We think about mullah, money, wealth. You know what? You can have a lot of money and not be happy. Some of you are like, test me, please, all right? But but it's true. You can be absolutely miserable. The kind of prosperity we're talking about here, and the word is prosperous, and it means to do well, is is to honor God. When I honor God, when I put God first, I'm going to do well in life. Because God's going to bless me. Not necessarily materially, but God's going to bless me. That's another benefit that comes, and it's security. Security. When I honor God, He brings security in my life. Paul talks about this. He picks up on this commandment in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Here's what he says. Uh, Ephesians 6, one Ta-da! Okay, read it with me. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. All right, now let's leave that up there for a minute. Please listen carefully. He's not saying, Paul's not saying... Obey your parents because they're always right. Parents aren't always right. I, as a parent, have been wrong two times. (laughs) All right, that's not true, okay? Parents aren't always right, okay? And and if you look at that and say, I'm only supposed to obey my parents when they're right, you're going to have trouble. Here's what God is saying. He's saying, children, obey your parents because it is right to do that. Not because they're right, but because God says in the way he's created everything, it's the right thing to do. So students, we obey our parents because it's the right thing to do. It pleases God. It honors him. And ultimately, you're not trying to impress your parents. You're trying to honor God because you want God's blessing on your life. And we've got to teach our kids carefully, parents, listen carefully. We've got to teach our kids to obey us, not because we are always right, but because God says it's right. And when we're wrong, we need to admit it and say we're sorry and move on. It also brings to us then, not just security, but then it brings to us a wonderful sense of peace in our lives as well. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20, he puts it this way. "Say it with me. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. See, it's not about me as a parent. I want my kids to learn obedience, respect, respect toward me, so that they can practice it towards God, so they'll know God's blessing, and when you have God's blessing in your life, it brings you a sense of peace. When you know that God is pleased with you, who cares what the rest of the world thinks, right? It just gives you a wonderful sense of peace. All right, so we have to teach our kids why They should obey us. It's not about us. It really is getting them ready to obey God. We've seen the benefits. Long life, prosperity, security, and peace. Now I want to switch gears. And I want to talk to uh, all of us right now about how to honor our parents. It's one thing to say honor and obey and respect your parents, but how do you do it? Before I do that, let me ask, how many children do we have in the room? Let me see your hands. The rest of you are aliens, all right, from another planet. You're nobody's child, okay? All right, let's try it one more time. How many of you are children? Let me see your hands. Every one of us are children, right? Every one of us are children. So what I'm about to say does not simply apply to your kids, to your students. This applies to everybody in this room, especially as we move toward the end. First way that we learn to honor our parents is by accepting their authority. Say that with me. Accepting their authority. Now, how do you accept their authority? I'm going to share this with you, right? First of all, by accepting it willingly. Say that word with me willingly. Secondly, lovingly. Loving. Thirdly, pleasantly. pleasantly. Fourthly, immediately. That was good, all right? Now, I only want those who are age uh, uh, 20 and under to say it with me, okay? So if you're 20 or under, say this with me. Ready? First of all, we need to accept our parents' authority willingly. Okay. Lovingly. All right. I know some of you scattered out here. You're not all over there, all right? Pleasantly. And immediately. I love that, all right? Now, if we could just do it, Right? Right? It means that when my parents ask me to do something, I don't stomp my feet. I don't say, all right, and slam the door. I don't say, well, I'll get to it later. I don't roll my eyes around my cranium. I just do it, right? God's given me the joy of raising three kids. They have not always obeyed and respected me. And there have been times when we've been like this at each other. And I've been so aggravated for their lack of, of, of respect and their lack of obedience he you know, what's always been kind of, kind of humorous and strange is that in those moments when it's really fierce, you know, when stuff's really going on, it's like God will speak to me in my heart. I don't hear a voice, but I sense it's God speaking to me in my heart, and God is saying, mm-hmm, just like you and me. I really don't like that. But it's true. I mean, the same issues I have being, you know, as a parent, wanting my kids to respect and, and obey me, I oftentimes have with my Heavenly Father. I, I'm not respecting him. I'm not being submissive. I'm not, I'm not seeking to obey him. But that's what God's calling me to do. I mean, even Jesus practiced this when he was like 12 years of age. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Here's what it says. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Let me ask you a question. Um, were Mary and, and Joseph always right as parents? No. Was Jesus? Yes. Did Mary and Joseph know everything? Did Jesus? Were Mary and Joseph morally superior? Was Jesus? Then why was he obedient to them? Because it was the right thing to do. See what I'm trying to say? See how he modeled that for us? Because he wanted us to understand how important it is in order to know the blessings of God. So we accept their we, uh, we accept their authority. Secondly, second way we do it is we show appreciation for their love. One of the ways that we honor our parents and respect them is we show appreciation for their love, whether we are children, students, or, or adult children. Now, it has to go beyond, however, just once a year at Mother's Day and Father's Day, and whatever other day we have going on, Right? It's to be a continual action in my life. My life should breathe appreciation. And I think that's one of the things that we don't always do a good job of as parents is teaching our children to be thankful for the blessings in their lives and for the opportunity of having been brought into this life to have a relationship with God. We're a selfish nation. We're an individualistic nation. It's all about me. And as kids enter their teenage years, you know what happens, don't you? They start to pull and separate and declare their independence. And sometimes in that process, they rebel. In order to feel independent, they have to feel better than you. And they start seeing what's wrong with you rather than what's right with you. And pretty soon, they become ungrateful and unthankful. One of the reasons why I like to kind of uh, hang out in public... It gives me an opportunity to hear the conversations and the culture. So I hang out at places like McDonald's and uh, do some of my studying there. And, and it's not because I love uh, cheeseburgers and chocolate shakes and fries. All oh, they do like large fries. But anyway, uh, it's, I want to hear the conversations. And I oftentimes hear the conversations of students because of where I'm at and the time that I go. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty appalled by the conversations that I hear on cell phones between students and their mothers. And I always know it's the mom. And it's not like this rare exception. I mean, I hear this nearly every time I'm there and they got the cell phones open and they're talking to mom because mom's calling, chucking them, uh, what's going on? And I'll hear a conversation like this. Why are you bugging me? I don't have to do that. I'm not gonna come home then. I'll come home when I want to. I mean, no, shut up, click. And I sit there and I'm going, wow. If I had ever said that to my mom, she would reach to the cell phone, grab my throat Taking me back into the house and my father would beat me with a telephone pole. (laughs) Because that was always the threat in my home, and they would have done it. And I just have to sit there and hang on to the like the, the the table so I don't jump up and let them know what I think. And then I hear what they say about their parents after the phone call, and I just go, wow, where is this coming from? It's coming from homes where parents are trying to please their children rather than teaching their children how to please them in order to please God. Right? So I can't, I can't blame my kids necessarily. i got to kind of look at myself as saying, am I doing what it takes to, to really teach them how to be thankful and how to honor others? All right. Last principle. You're like, man, I hope he gets done with this. I don't like this anymore. Our students here are going, Geez. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> one more. Ready? Honor your parents by meeting their needs. Honor your parents by meeting their needs. Now, I, I think that that speaks to us in two ways. Number one, it means remember your parents. We live in an individualistic society. We live in a busy world. You know what happens? We grow up, and now I'm talking to adult children especially. We grow up, we have a family, or we get single and get involved in our career and our friends. We have our kids, right? And things are humming along. We get really busy, and we kind of forget about mom and dad. And we just assume they're happy to see us leave the house. They really don't want us to come back. Now, there's a few like that. I know Marcia and I don't feel like that. We miss our kids all the time. And, and we want to be involved in our, in our kids' life in a healthy, safe way. And we want to be involved in our grandkids' life. We want to be a part of that. We don't want to be isolated and left alone. And so we rejoice when they call us. It doesn't bother us. And we rejoice when they want to come over. And they can have anything in the fridge that they want. We, we, you know, we want that so badly. We talk sometimes. We say, let's be careful. We don't ever say anything that would shut them down or keep the grandkids from us. Right? We want to have, we want to have this relationship. We don't want to be forgotten. Reminds me of a man in California. Two days before Thanksgiving, he called his son David on the East Coast. And he said to David, I need to tell you something, son. He said, after 43 years of a miserable marriage, I'm leaving your mom. And his son just was shocked. And he started barraging him with all kinds of questions. Like, why, how? And the father finally said, look, I am just too drained to talk anymore about this. You call your sister in Atlanta and you tell her. Five minutes later, the daughter calls the father. The father picks it up, and the daughter says, Dad, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to make any decision. David and I have booked flights, and we're going to be there tomorrow. Promise me, promise me you're not going to do anything until we get there. The father wearily said, okay, I promise, and he hung up the phone. Then he looked over at his wife, and he said, Well, I've got them coming for Thanksgiving. What do you want me to do for Christmas? <laughs> All right? Like some of you already had the hankies out, right? <laughs> a little tearjerker, right? Alright? We don't want to be forgotten, right? We want to be remembered. Right? We want to be remembered. It's like, some of you are like, Oh, I just got it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Alright. We want to be remembered. But, but very seriously, moving beyond just being remembered, Listen, we have a huge responsibility to take care of our parents. You know that in other cultures around the world, parents, the aged, are far more respected, are far more respected and cared for than here in our American culture. You know that, don't you? Because it's so inbred in their culture. And in a materialistic world, you know, we're off trying to figure out how we can have a good time and not be burdened by our parents. Like we are in our culture today, we don't to be burdened by our kids. That's part of the problem. a material world, your kids become a burden, so you distract them, you give them what they want, keep them kind of entertained. They don't learn to be submissive, respectfully, grow up to be rebellious. Same thing happens with our parents. We kind of, you know, let's put them in a rest home, put them in a retirement home, leave them there, let's go have a good time. Over the years, I've met so many men and women in rest homes, retirement homes, who are so utterly lonely, they hardly ever see their kids. Now, I understand sometimes mom and dad, you know, may get to a place where, they're, where physically, mentally, emotionally, they need that full-time care. I understand that. Some parents say, I don't want to be with my kids. I want my independence. I want to be in this home. Fine, no problem with that. But I'm just saying to you, as, as, as children of our parents, one of our responsibilities is to take care of them. It's a sacrifice for their needs. After all, they have sacrificed so much for us. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. Now I want you to say the rest with me together. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Man, that's the bottom line. You see what? Remember, like I said, we don't obey our parents because they're right. We do it because it's the right thing to do. We take care of our parents because we love them. We also take care of our parents because it pleases God. Because it pleases God. As I was thinking about Mother's Day, I cannot help but think about my own mom, who's so dear and so precious to me. She's almost 82. It's funny. You know, when women are younger... They don't like to tell you how old they are. You ever notice that? But when they hit about 80, they like to tell you how old they are, right? <laughs> it's amazing. You know, my mom, every time we're on a phone call, she tells me what she's going to be next, right? You know, girls are always like, well, like, I was 17, right? You know, my mom's like, I'm going to be 82. And, you know, I could tell you about the things that that have bugged me about her growing up because she's not perfect. She's, you know, there's, there's things, right? But I want to tell you something. Those things, those things don't even come close to the things that she's done for me that I will never be able to thank her enough for, her prayers, her love that I know is always there for me. Her reminder all the time, whenever I have a conversation with her, God always gets brought up, and God's word always gets brought up. But you know, the one thing my mom made sure of when I was growing up, and I know Marcia's mom made sure of, is that we learn to respect and submit to authority. Not just for their sake, because they knew if we got it here, we'd get it there. We would learn to respect and submit to God's authority. Thank God for our moms who relentlessly pursue us, pray for us, sometimes even nag us and remind us to be respectful, to be submissive. They know they're setting us up in order to be blessed by God as we learn to do the same for Him. And we want to honor our moms in a special way this morning with some special prayers. So I'm going to ask all of our moms to please stand, and uh, we're going to pray for you in just a moment. So moms, would you please stand? All of our moms, I'm going to ask my helpers to come over here, and then I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads as they lead us in these prayers together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the love of the mothers you have given us, whose love is so precious that it can never be measured, whose patience seems to have no end. We pray for those mothers who fear they will run out of love or time or patience. I want you a little bit Mother God, please give her courage in times of fear, of pain, understanding in times of uncertainty and doubt, and hope in times of trouble. May your Holy Spirit constantly inspire and strengthen her. Bless all mothers that their love may be deep and tender and that they may lead their children to know you, God. We pray for our mothers who care for us when we are helpless who comfort us when we are hurt and whose love and care we often take for granted. God, comfort all mothers whose for children that have died are ill or estranged from their families or who are in trouble or danger of any kind. Help grieving mothers to rely on your tender mercy. God, we pray for those who never knew their biological mother and now yearn for her and for those who have experienced the wonder of an adopted mother's love. We pray for families separated by war or conflict. We thank our mothers for believing in us when we found it difficult to believe in ourselves and for saying what we need to hear instead of what we want to hear. Grant that we their sons and daughters, may honor them always with a spirit of profound and respect. Lord, on this Mother's Day, give our mothers the grace she, she, must, she must needs and desire today. Father, we thank you for our moms. We thank you for how precious they are. They're not perfect, and oftentimes they're more aware of their failures than they are of their successes. Help them, O God, to learn to look to you and depend on you and to trust you. Help us as their children to submit, respect them, and love them, and appreciate them, and and take care of them, Lord, meet their needs. For moms who today, Lord, are feeling like failures, for moms who have prodigals, I pray that you'd help them Lord not to live life looking in the rear view mirror but to press on with the prayers to have wide open arms ready to receive and accept their children back. Lord I pray that you give every mom a very special day. I pray that you'd give them surprises that will bless their hearts and the words and the thoughts and the actions of their children's lives. We thank you for yourself this day. We love you, O God, our divine and wonderful parent. We pray this all in Jesus' name, who makes a relationship with you possible. Amen. Let's give our moms a hand while they're standing.